Can you believe in a finite object possessing infinite power? Or that a mineral can be proclaimed the medicine of the 21st century? Or that the power of nature can win over the ignorance of man? If you can, you will know why our mission is to get Shungite to the masses. You are entering the Shungite zone. This is the Shungite radio show produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. And welcome to Shungite Reality on October 31st, 2023, sometimes called Halloween. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is uh, Derek Condit and Mark Joseph. And Jalissa Condit will show up in the second hour. So, um, good morning, Mark. Morning, Nancy. Morning, Derek. And Derek. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Mark and Nancy. All right. So, um, per usual, we just uh, sort of drop into the show and then we try to figure out what we're trying to going to do. Uh, but last night, when I was uh, just sort of trying to sign off, I came across a very interesting video. I'm going to actually, is this it? Yeah. I'm going to actually put it into the chat. And this video is talking about the electric universe. So... It was fascinating, you know, and and he, he he's giving all these set, sort of proofs to what he's saying. And then at the end of it, he said, but this this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And it was like, did I just waste my time <laughs> doing this? But then he got into a conversation concerning uh, how the people that were involved in the proof of it, have been essentially censored, their books disappeared, and all this sort of thing. And he said, so now I'm suspicious, <laughs> you know, that there's much more to this than, than we're looking at, than, than is out there already. And so I said to uh, Derek, I said, are you familiar with this? And he was like, well, sort of, I've heard the term. And so I, the, luckily there's a transcript uh, to the entire show. So he's been looking at it, and... We're going to have a conversation about what it says. But before we get there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read. If I can get it up here, all right. Yeah. I'm going to read this. Uh, it's the first couple of paragraphs. Well, it's the first couple of paragraphs of the, the concept, okay? The electric universe theory says that instead of gravity, the universe's true attractive force comes from invisible electric currents that surround our planets, our solar system, the galaxy, and everything. We're all living in one giant universe spinning circuit. The electric universe theory says that per, per, <coughs> excuse me, permeating space is a vast sea of ionized particles. These particles create an enormous field of plasma. The plasma is the fourth state of matter, the others being solid, liquid, and gas. Not only is our sun mostly plasma, plasma makes up over 99.9% .9 of the visible universe. 
This network of plasma is so massive that it connects every galaxy in the universe in a single electric current. This current not only conducts electricity over great distances, but it transmits it faster than light, much faster. Um, the reason that this is important is because of the concept of enterology, which is, you know, very much, very much a result of studying shungite because shungite teaches so much about enterology. So I'm going to ask Derek to just, uh, you know, give me your overall feeling of it. Uh, you know, what, what would you like to say about this? Yeah, I was just giving some more of it there and reading it. And a lot of it I've heard described in different places, different ways sort of thing. Um, but I'll, I got a couple of comments on here. I mean, I mean, I agree with a lot of it on, I, it's, it's always a play of words, of course, on how it's described. But the plasma, I also want to make a couple of points here that, that often, you know, we don't think about down here. So when we think about the sun, of course, plasma, and that's that, it's a frequency or energy, so it's a wavelength, of course, ultimately. Um, and that's not even, so what I want to say is wrap our heads, or heads around it. That's not even hot when you're out in space. So, of course, when you're, let's say you're off the planet, out there in between Earth and the sun, and the sun's, you know, you're on the right side where it's facing you, there's no heat there. It's negative hundreds of degrees in space. So the sun isn't even hot until it interacts with the atmosphere down here, different particles, and there's lots of stuff going on there. Um, so that's just something to think about in the back of your head, because often we don't think about things like that. We think, well, the sun's hot. It's just blasting heat at us. No, it's not. It's blasting photons, light. And then it's the interaction with that ingredient, with the different ingredients down here, whatever that could be, particles or water, different, they all respond differently, that where the heat starts to generate. So that's something to think about. Well, go ahead. Well, what we've talked about this, and Walt pointed out something that I kind of went like, duh. Mm -hmm. He said, if the sun was putting out heat, why isn't it hotter in the upper atmosphere than it is on Earth? Yeah, exactly. It's not. And it's not because it's, <laughs> it's thinner atmosphere up there, less stuff for those energy waves, and we even call them uh, photons, uh, to interact with, to have an effect on. Well, photons are light, of course, and... Also, one of the other points I want to make is everybody should remember, because I'm sure we've all heard or read studies or articles or whatever, thought affects photons. And that's just physics. That's been proven many times over. Um, and Mark's pretty good. So he remembers some of the study names, and I don't. But long story short, they've done countless studies to where a person, they'll sh again, I'll just kind of bring it down so we can get it out quickly. They shoot a photon at a, at a hole in the wall, and if a person looks at it, it affects which way it goes. And it's a lot more complicated than that, of course, but that is a thing. So it is something um, where our thoughts affect it. So I know I kind of jumped in fast there, but if you read enough of that electric universe model or theory they have there, um, and there's different ones on it, uh, basically they're saying the whole universe starts as plasma cloud, we'll say, and it goes from there. Um, and that's not, I wouldn't say wrong. I think there's a lot more ingredients in there, but yeah. And then I know I'm moving quickly here, but and then okay, let's go let, ahead. Let, let me just stop you for a second, because it, 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 they're talking about the fact that there's this dark matter, which I've never quite understood. Um, then we've got the quantum field, and that, to me, the quantum field makes sense. The dark matter doesn't, because what's dark matter? 
you know, the quantum field has got a lot of references now because of quantum physics and them looking at it. And during the article in the video, too, uh, of course, he was talking in terms of the photon being a photon until somebody looks at it and then it becomes a wave. Yeah? Okay. Or is it the other way around? I'm, I'm, all of a sudden I'm going, or is it? I think that's it. But they, they have absolutely proven that it takes the witnessing of a human to make it change because it's, it's either either a photon or a wave. And they can see this in their scientific equipment. And when somebody is, when they, the, the thing of it was, was that when they went to measure, every time they would measure and then focus on it, it would change. And they also get into the well. Let's let's talk about the consciousness that you were going to talk about. But it also gets into quantum uh, quantum entanglement, which is so critical to the concept of shungite. That every piece of shungite is quantumly entangled with the mother load in Russia. And again, it was he, he was talking mostly what they think happens based on what they see in a small section. So if you've got two particles that are quantumly entang entangled, and they don't really talk about, did you see in there because you just sort of scanned it? Um, I kind of scanned it too, or, you know, but it, it, when they were talking about the quantum entanglement thing, did you get that? No, I didn't read that part. It may be further down. I can look now while you're talking. But it it's one of those situations where the the uni the universe does some weird things, and the only thing that seems to explain it all is the concept of electromagnetic energy being even comes before the plasma. That it's like a circuit. Of and, and and again, there's many more things to that circuit. It's not just the EM part of it. You've got organ involved in it. So it's a fascinating look at it. What could be, you know? And um, let's talk about the consciousness that you started to talk about. I think when I interrupted you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how far you wanted to jump into that, but. I mean, trying to figure out where they even brought it up, um, or you. That, that, that's, well, I'll say also when we usually look at this stuff, we look linearly. We think it started as this energy type and then went to this and went to that one. It, no, everything's everything all the time. Now it's your awareness of it and your interactions that can turn that, again, big word, energy, have it interact or perform as plasma or orgone energy or a light or it, that's what I'm saying is that when that plasma again plasma is even just one of those coming off of the sun let's say um shooting through there well it changes its reactions on whatever it interacts with I don't even know if that makes complete sense um so that's what I'm saying it's not going to be in it's not going to be hot in space because there's nothing else there for it to interact with um and then they don't want you understanding that because then that opens up that tells you that it's not something you can't affect already. Uh, here's remember me and my recipes. I always have to jump into that um, or cooking analogies. It's like saying that cake in front of you 
is just a cake. No, it can be, I know you can't really with a cake, taken apart into its constituents, or at least we can think about it. It was made of salt, sugar, flour, whatever. Um, but with energy-wise, those can actually be reversed back um, into their constituents. If you know how, and, and how you do that, again, I already said, it depends on your, your, your thoughts mostly. Um, so that's, I think that's why they're trying to keep this hidden from people, because then you realize gravity is not what they say it is. It's not because the Earth's spinning so fast, it's pulling you down on it, and this, that, and the other. It's, no, well, there's lack of gravity. It'd be that dark matter that you said it's hard to wrap your head around, and it is. So then just think everything that's not, we, we sometimes call it metaphysical. So everything that's not physical, and I, again, it's hard to say there's only one type of sugar out there because there's a lot, or energy, um, but we have to kind of fall in and be able to speak about it. So, yeah, gravity's not a thing. And that's what bees know that. Of course, we've talked about that. That's what they're doing. They're not being so pulled against the earth so hard they have to fight the resistance of gravity. Um, no, they, they're phasing in and out. They're, they're having an energy exchange would be a better way of putting it. Well, bees don't... <clears throat> Mechanically, they their wings are too small to fly. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not using they're using that to generate a frequency. That frequency releases some of the resistance of they would say gravity. Of, we'll go dark matter. Let's just again we got to get it out. Um, that. So there's no you can the levitation is real and, that, and you know that that's what's that guy down in Florida that moved the coral castle and all this that, and that. he didn't. Get a you know a, something a truck big enough to move these things. Those were brought in once he got them on the flatbeds. But no, it's just knowing that and understanding it, and sometimes having the tool to do it with. You just release the effects of one force, and then the others counter. There's no there's no actual gravity. I mean that they're limiting you. They're telling you there's ice cream, just vanilla. No, there's lots of types of energy or or you know ice cream in that. Well, when, when you think of gravity, you know, supposedly, like, for instance, the moon. The moon is smaller than the Earth, so it has less gravity. But if you read uh, Joseph Cater's book, it's an amazing amount of data that shows that the gravity on the moon, based on the space, you know, the, the space trips up there, could not possibly be less than that on earth and he talks about the um the rover and how if they were traveling and hitting the little hills in the gravity that's supposed to be there they'd have taken off into space and yeah. they, you know and he did a whole bunch i mean there's so many different things if if those films are correct you know um, that disprove the concept of gravity. So, w w to understand what really is happening is to think in terms of magnets. If you put magnets in their opposite, they attract. You turn them around and they will repel. So, in the structure of the universe, you know, it's like, yes, we know that there's a there is an electromagnetic charge connecting earth and the moon because of the ionization when the moon gets closer to earth there's more negative ions that build up in earth so that's in, in a full moon it's closer to the earth so when you got that that relationship and the buildup of negative ions 
that's actually what makes people a little crazy on the full moons. There's a whole, uh, there's a book, The Ion Effect, I think is the name of it. And there was a, um, it was, a, I think, well, he, he, he had to go to Vienna and work. He had some kind of a position there and he would work for six months. So he, he'd get there and he'd start feeling really pretty crappy. And then he'd fly home and he'd feel fine. And this went on for a while to the point that in sometimes he was so feeling crappy that he was worried about, you know, what was happening. And then he starts hearing about, I forget, they call it the foam or something, the winds that come off of the mountains in that area and down through the valley and hit uh, Vienna, not Vienna, uh, yeah, it's a Vienna, Germany. Oh, I can't, why am I saying Vienna? Is it Vienna, Ger Ger I'm having a brain fart. I think that's France. Vienna yeah, is uh, Italy, isn't it? Yeah, but it, no, yeah. It, but the city that he was in, okay, is in, in you know, at the bottom of these uh, mountains. And this wind, when it would come down, rushing off the mountains, would create a lot of ion, negative ions. And the Germans, realizing that this was happening, actually have a law that says you do not do uh surgery when these went you know not unless it's an emergency but you know what do they call it? you know elective surgery if you if you're going to have elective surgery don't do it when the winds are coming down because they could see that people health-wise didn't respond good when you had those winds blowing so he started to investigate the uh, ion effect and yes some people and he's his estimate was one out of four one out of four people um, will have be affected by the change in the ions to negative, and um, you know, and in some cases, not just physical in the body feeling bad, but your brain is a little scrambled. And yes, he proved that there are statistics, a lot of statistics, proving that this concept of the full moon does make a change. What's the difference? It's because they're they're celestial bodies that do have this electromagnetic link to them so there's so much about this that just you know once we begin to look at it from an energy standpoint it answers so many questions and the most powerful energy field that a human being can create is their own thoughts you know just thinking puts out an enormous amount of energy if you add the heart chakra energy to it, then it's like, woof, you know? I mean, that's why I think that people, you got people out there and they're like, but it's just their brains throwing out thoughts. They're not particularly powerful. You take somebody that is measured and takes the thoughts and brings it down to the heart chakra, those are the people that get your attention. So on every level of life, if we look at it as an electric universe, electromagnetic energy universe, just an energy universe, things become to be, things get clearer. So, <clears throat> Mark, Dolly says that she hopes you can talk this, this show. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to talk, Mark? 
Yeah, I mean, I have too much to contribute to Electric Universe idea. I studied it a while ago, fascinated by it. But I mean, I, I'm pretty agreeable to everything. Um, yeah, I'll be playing some stuff and reading some stuff later for sure. So, yeah, yeah, I'm just following along. Anything else you wanted to say there, Derek? Um, no, I didn't really jot anything else down. It's worth watching for whoever's interested that uh, video link. I think you maybe put in in chat. Um, I did. Yeah, okay. So people can just wrap their heads around, and sometimes it's one of those things you got to read a couple times. And then also, I'd say not and not that I need to re remind this audience, but you know, don't believe or everything everything you hear or read or see on video or audio, or whatever. Um, you know, sometimes it's parts and pieces. And so I would say, look at it as just a, an exercise to start wrapping your head around things, see there's a possibility and then see where it takes you from there. Um, cause there's always a, a twist involved in a lot of those things is a manipulation is a better way of putting it. Well, well, the guy that started this, um, Velaskovsky, he wrote a book called World and Collisions. And one of the concepts he had was that the planet Venus was a comet that got too close to Earth and the electromagnetic charge between the two planets created pillars of fire and then pitch oil falling onto the Earth. And this was in Saudi Arabia and all the area around there that's got all the oil. So it, and it was fascinating, you know, it's like, wow, this is just like, it was so outlandish. I mean, the book is apparently, it was on, it was on the best-selling list way back in whenever it was printed, and uh, I think I still got the copy here. Well, he, th this oil, he said that the reason the oil was there, that, that um, comets are made mostly of carbon, uh, carbon matter, and... Then he also said that Venus was, um, I forget, the, the, the chemical construction of Venus was not what they, they thought it was. And he disputed that and said, blah, blah, blah. So he was ostracized from science right off the bat. The scientists were screaming, even though the book was on the best-selling list. And over time, a lot of the things that he said were proven true. So you can't just dismiss him because some people say that it, what you know that this was wrong and that was wrong. Yeah, you, sometimes you get things wrong, but I don't think that any of the people that are out there working in this business and in the business of you know trying to find the truth, whatever you want to call it, science or whatever, um, but. I think we're all on the same page. We don't need to be right. We need to know. And the only way we know is by throwing things out there and saying, what do you guys think about this? So, yeah, be, you know, you have to be your own best advisor. And if something sounds right, it's like I'm, I, I was right with the guy. I mean, I wasn't seeing, there was a couple of things I questioned about what he had said about the electric universe but um then he telling me that the things that he told me were not true <laughs> but at least he told me you know and it was it was an interesting uh excursion in that crazy fish that he's got there <laughs> he's got, he, this guy is really interesting i saw another i'm going to look at him more 
Um, but he's got this uh, animated fish that talks to him, <laughs> and he talks back to it. And it's it's comical. I mean, it's on the verge of being really corny, but it, it wor- kind of works. I like it. Anyway. Okay, so that link is there, and I will put the link in um, the show notes on the podcasts. Um, okay, so... Let me think. What else were we going to talk about? You can ask Mark. Hey, uh, play something. Sure. Okay. Uh, I think I have this timestamp pretty exact. So this is a uh, cliff high back in. Um, so let me preface this. So back in May, uh, Cliff was talking about Shungite, and I posted that on the. Uh, Shungite Facebook group, not too many responses, which is fine. It's just um, uh, he's getting more uh, popularity, and so any kind of Shungite exposure we get is is great. And this is further into that, and uh, I I really like what he had to say. Let's see. Out. Uh, also, Cliff, let's talk about uh, Shungite. Uh, Carla sent me a video earlier today. She's testing uh, the Shungite pendants here from the uh, source of the mine in uh, Russia, where we're delivering these uh, yeah. from. It's really cool to see uh, the huge drop there between the uh, source and the uh, Shungite. I yeah. think that's pretty cool. Talk about why that's important to you and how people can use this, maybe not only to uh, get away from some of these energies, but also maybe to amplify their own ability that's, that's to really how to navigate weird. this crazy yeah, world. There's weird effects with Shungite more than just the EMF, okay? Uh, uh, Dick Allgaier will tell you that he's had some really interesting remote viewing effects that are just not able to be attributed to the reduction in the uh, electromagnetic frequencies that you get. The field is actually reduced, as you see, with that Shungite being in between the uh, source and the um, and the receiving part. So I wear the Shungite continuously, right? Uh, take it off at night when I sleep, but, but other than that, so I'm not getting the radiation off the screens. I feel better. Uh, you know, my mind is a lot clearer. And in fact, these things. Okay, so if you look at it, uh, we have these electrically sensitive and light sensitive substances in our body. One of them is melanin. Okay, not to be confused with melatonin. Melanin is the stuff that makes black people have dark skin. It colors your hair. All of it. It's throughout your entire body. It circulates. It's part of the hypothalamus. It is what fills the pineal gland, okay, is the is this uh, melanin. There's also a type of melanin, neuromelanin, that makes your neurons work. So your brain is filled with this stuff. This is electrically and light sensitive. So this is where the 5G radiation gets you is in the melanin. And then it circulates through your body and makes you sick because the melanin is part of the whole control system that is done with light. If the melanin itself is affected by the 5G, it's not going to pick up the light effectively and deal with it effectively in your body. And so you'll have all of these various different kinds of deleterious effects uh, uh, on your body as a result of that. The Shungite is... Uh, protecting the melanin layer from being electrically disturbed by the radiations that are coming on in. It doesn't, it does not protect against too much light. So if you got too much blue light coming in, so my, my glasses are blue. blue filters, right? yeah. All right. So it does, it doesn't do that, but it does apparently in some manner, which we can't 
deal with just yet. We, we can't describe accurately just yet, but we can see the effects. It does alter the psychic ability of the thalamic portion, the, the Horace's eye portion of your brain. And thus we get remote viewers, we get um, psychics all over the planet that swear by the stuff, right? And it's been going all the way back to Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff swore by the stuff. So, um, well worth getting. Uh, well, we're and, just and, and get it while you can. Uh, we're getting rumors that uh, Russia might be uh, banning the export of this particular uh, mineral here very soon. Uh, this is the last order uh, that uh, Carla is putting out. It should be on top of the queue. So if you guys are still waiting for your Shanghai, this is the last uh, order here shipping out. So she should be back on queue. Okay, that, that's it for the clip. So I thought that was pretty, pretty huge. And then, you know, around uh, Halloween time. Uh, so... Cliff does have a um, unofficial Facebook group. It's Cliff High Webbot. Webbot is is one word. So I I posted that there, and um, I'm I'm surprised <clears throat> surprised there's no other strong guy posting that group since, I mean you know it's inexpensive and anybody can buy it and, and with what it does right, and so I newly joined the group and then posted this um. Oh, let me give the reference. It's it's on Rumble. Uh, um, Jean Claude's Beyond Mystic page. So it's Jean uh, forward, you know, a dash Claude at Beyond Mystic. Um, it, it, those are all in one word, and that's from back in uh, uh, the twenty seventh of October. That clip. And <clears throat> so anyway, I, I posted the um, the link, the Rumble link, and then the quote in their uh, Facebook group and then I think one of the admins asked if I'm a spam bot and then blocked me so I don't know what's going on there uh, but uh, otherwise I had pretty good responses from everybody else uh, there's a few Shungite wearers and um, I'll probably check out the comments in that rumble uh, page and, and maybe talk about because everybody just uses regular Shungite right they don't know anything about the silver adding the silver to it and um, so what I did to, and then admin called me out for reposting the same link that that was you know, the the Rumble uh, video because somebody posted it like a week ago. So what I did instead was um, I put in the Shungai Bees graphic and then the old school graphic of the spin and then the C60, those two graphics. Um, so I replaced the uh, image of the Rumble, um, what do you call it? Uh, the Rumble video with the two graphics there, and then I got a better response. Um, yeah, so what'd you guys think about the clip? <clears throat> I wonder where uh, he's getting the info, and I don't know, um, the information on the, so has anybody seen an article on Russia talking about banning exports? Of I mean, I haven't seen anything on that. I thought, I, I that was a question I was gonna ask, and if you've heard any updates regarding that. No, I mean, there's nothing on that. I mean, I'm, I'm reach out, I guess, to him and see because I'm in contact with him. Um, but as far as distributors, yeah, it's getting harder. There's a lot of fake stuff out there because they're pushing that Colombian racerite or you know, Colombian shungite or whatever the heck they were calling it. Um, so that's an, and the fake stuff. So coming out of China, because I have distributors there for other products and things we sell, not shungite, and when they try and uh you know sell me shungai because they know I'm, I'm a shungai guy uh it's it's and like i said images all the time and text from these people that are walking around here i'll just get kind of get to it there's a huge it's called the i'm sure there's another official name it's called the crystal mall 
and it's it is at many floors um, tall in China. Um, and there's some of the servers will walk around with their cell phones and just show you all the different vendors and outlets and this that, and the other. And so when I send them on a um, a trip to go get show me whatever Shungite or something like that, often it's just fake stuff. It's just not even Shungite. Um, I don't. Even, and sometimes it's just a, a conglomeration where they'll get what they say is powder or something. They don't even tell you that. Um, but powder mixed with something else, and then they'll make little molded animals out of it and call it shungites, and they'll paint them black, of course. Um, so, or and or just the fake Colombian uh, elite or noble, you know, it's the shiny stuff that's fake as well. And we've done tests on that in the back. I think I threw a video online with me hitting it with a torch, and it kind of shoots everywhere. Um, but it is getting harder to find. Or at least I'll tell you, at least it's getting there are more knockoffs of it now that's happening and people selling stuff as shungite um and you know people just like any other rock a lot of people just don't know how do you know black rocks in front of you if you're not energy sensitive or have various ways of trying to test it then you know you're kind of left with that uh but i don't know if russia is actually stopping the exports or anything well i just uh looked up is russia shipping to us and there is there was one link and it said you know ship through these people over here but <clears throat> then i saw this one can i order it items from russia credit card companies have temporarily blocked sales from companies in russia well i don't when you use a credit card. anybody's actually buying shungai from russia to mine itself you're not doing that anyway you're doing bank transfers. You're doing checks. You're not. You're not saying use my credit. I mean, unless you're buying just a small amount. So I'm talking about businesses and things like that, or distributors. Um, what they're doing is Russia's. It doesn't matter because Russia is filling up containers full of shungite and shipping them to other ports, and then they're selling it from there. That there's always a workaround. And that's what right. they're doing. Yeah, I mean, there's. It's not gone. It's not, yeah, it's gonna get more expensive. Then yeah, you got the the fake shungite out there so you have to be a, find a good i mean shungite source who's legit and stick with that is is all you can really, and that's unfortunate but it is what's happening out there we're still sitting on all our shungite from years ago when we first started when we brought in those pallets of it nancy out so and that's what we turn into the cosmic silver shungite i'll hand pick the nuggets they of course shrink down a whole lot when you're tumbling them for those three days but then kind of go at it from there and those are pendants as well. So that's what I'm saying. I'm kind of out of the loop because I haven't had to buy it for so well, long. What about the pendants? Because you were having problems finding. See, when, when you get the, the you get a bag of shungite and you have to pick through to find the rocks that will make a good pendant. And you were low on those, right? Uh, well, we were, what it is, we open up our bags or containers or whatever it is because there's lots of versions. Of nuggets and all of a sudden we go oh shoot these are the the bucky sized ones so small pieces for those who don't know but no every once in a while we'll open up a because i have lots of unopened cases of shungai i don't even know how many thousands of pounds probably of those and when we open one of them sometimes there's a bunch of nuggets, and we did do this by the way found some that had you know hundreds of pieces of pendant sized nuggets that are large enough to be tumbled and still come out of a three-day tumbling in silver to look like you know a a big enough piece to wrap so as nancy knows better than anybody there's a whole lot too it's just not any random nugget you choose and, oh there's a fistful of nuggets they all wrap and we turn them into pendants not the case at all very if 
my gosh, I can maybe one percent of Arshan guide that we bought can even remotely be thought about turning into a pendant, and then you have to tumble it and see what you came up with. Because often they'll come out as, and they're just as strong, but they're not wrappable because of the shape or size or something of them. Cosmic Silver Shanghai Nuggets, I think we just call them. Again, we're great, but just not wrap. You can drop in a little silver cage if you can find it, a pendant cage I'm talking about. Um, but no, a very small percentage are even what we call wrappable. Well, well, what other what people don't realize there's a lot of people out there that are wrapping their their shungite pendants. It's not just wrapping a shungite pendant, because if you're energy sensitive, every one of these pieces of shungite has a charge that is running from one point to another point. So sometimes it's running from the bottom to the top. Sometimes the top to the bottom. But the wire that you're using also does the same thing. So you have to be able to feel where, which direction is the wire running, the energy in the wire. And then it, for each stone, which direction is it working? And make sure that you're wrapping so that the energies are going together, that they're, they're merging in one direction instead of fighting themselves. And uh, yeah, you can get away if you if you if you can't do that. But when you when you see uh, when you get a, the ability to look at some shungite pendants um, online with mystical wares or in the store, you know, just take a moment to kind of like feel. Does this feel right to me? Is this you know? Don't think about how it looks. Just is this is this supposed to be from for me? Because when I would be wrapping them, the other thing that would happen is that I would feel the essence of whoever this piece of shungite was going to go to. Wherever this pendant was going, I would pick up on the essence of that person. And, it, you know, it doesn't take but a few seconds. Once you get everything lined up and ready, you just have to twist it. Um, but during that process, I would very often, not all the time, but very often pick up on somebody so yeah they're pretty magical pretty magical and just for a point of information i've wrapped well over five thousand of those things <laughs> you know it's just i feel gifted that i was given that that job yeah would you wrap these oh yeah i'll wrap those <laughs> because it's just such an excursion into energy and i do think that it probably has made me more energy sensitive. But again, it's focusing on things. Everything has an energy. And um, anyway, that's that. But that yeah, was a good um, clip. <clears throat> Sorry, Nancy, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that that's a good clip. Um, I'd actually heard it before. And, he, you know, he. he there's so many things we don't even know about what Shanghai's doing in the details. But if you just engage with it, you don't really need the details. It's just going to be a good thing to have. Uh, I I mean, I've got so many Shanghai. I won't feed the animals without putting the food in the refrigerator for you know, a few hours overnight doesn't matter how long. It doesn't take very long 
Because when you do that, everything that's toxic in that can, if it's if it's toxic, it's going to be taken out of the equation. And sometimes I forget to do it, and I don't want to give them cold food, so I'll put a magnet on on the can. And the magnet does this much quicker because it's a shungite ma- uh, silver magnet. It does it much quicker. Um, so everything in your life, if you look at it as an energy thing and you think in terms of shungite and you say, how can I improve that? Will shungite improve that? Ask the question because you'll be astounded. Sometimes I, I like go, well, that was stupid. It's like the vacuum cleaner. You know, how many times do you use vacuum cleaner? That's putting out a terrible field, but you put a shungite sticker on it, and boom, no problem. So you look at things and say, you know, and once you begin to look at them, you can actually begin to see, to sense your field of, you know, that you're looking at the field itself. Remember, your brain is trained to fill in, we did a show on this, to fill in everything that you think you're seeing, but the HD, the high definition of what the what the eye is capable of seeing is just you know a fraction of that, and then the brain fills it in. Well, so you look at something, and instead of letting your brain go into automatic pulling from, it's like an AI. There's a program out there. Derek turned me on to, and you write out what kind of a picture you want, and it gives you you know, selections type of thing. And so, you know, it's sort of like that. That's what your brain is doing. It's looking through all the possibilities to see what matches. It's an AI in in your brain. But when you're looking at something that, like like a washing machine, okay, the clothes washer's on, you go back there and you're looking at it. Well, instead of allowing your brain to go into default and to start pulling from this memory file, say, wait a minute, I'm gonna look for something that is at the energy level and when you do that i call it second sighting when you do that you suddenly start to see changes in things and you start to begin to see it perceive it at the energy level and when you get really into it you'll see that instead of sharp corners on that washing machine everything starts to take a everything's not so sharp it's more rounded it's an energy field so I don't why did I get into that (laughs) boy I can go off Mark get me out of this Derek yeah wanted to follow up on that that uh, clip where he was talking about let me look at what he wrote or what he said um that it it's uh <clears throat> alter the psychic ability and and that psychics all over the planet swore by this stuff so i mean you guys have it and you know people you've interviewed over the years um testified nancy your book talking about that so um yeah yeah it, it does clear the path and uh so positive off, hmm? absolutely yeah definitely so you're right on the money there as far as so it's clip high uh no it absolutely had an effect it it um, affected me immensely when I first started getting in all this. Yeah, it's just, um, <clears throat> I guess for, for, you know, you guys have been in this for, for years, so just 
the first step being <clears throat> the rock itself, but then <clears throat> the first upgrade would be the silver, right? Adding the silver, and then the next is um, what do you call it? Uh, like, I mean, the stuff in your store. Like, what is the most uh, countless applicable ways to to use this? And um, we're going into the cold season. I mean, there was a cold front hit. Um, what a week and a half ago or something? I was a little stuffy. Uh, you guys served me uh, last week, and so <clears throat> I do have your various like lip balms, um, Shungite lip balm, the skin cream, and then the one with the tube. Uh, maybe you could uh, detail on those and why you decided it, where um, just wearing the pendant, and then why would you expand on things like the soap, and then uh, and then especially for the cold season. Not only did you mix Shungite with these regular things people use, but you added the silver. So that's like a super enhancement, if you can detail that. But, you know, everybody, my opinion, everybody should have two, you know, one at home and one in the car for these things. Um, and, yeah, yeah, uh, if you could expand on that. I would have, if I had access or even known about it way back when, when I first started, or they were available and they weren't, um, you know, the Cosmic Silver Shungite Nuggets or Pendants, because that's, as we've been talking about for years now, that's the the strongest, if you want to word it that way, um, version of it. But plain, starting with, was just plain Shungite Nugget. I ordered one nugget um, from Russia. It came in, and it kind of hit the ground running from there as far as how it affected me. So definitely, I would say, you know, the Cosmic Silver Shungite, um, of course, is the the most effective or have the, have the most effect on you. Um and then, yeah, just like you're saying, going the different Shungai rubbers, the, the Shungai, even Shungai, Cosmic Shungai nuggets in your bathtub, if you can, for structuring of the water. Because I realized how important that was, because that's an energy environment, of course, being in a bath. And then if you add salt to it and then Shungai, so you're, you're making a whole little recipe there that's very energetically programmable in a good way or remembers energy so it can be removed so let's say you have a, a bad day. It's not just jumping in on a hot bath for some people or a salt bath or this, that, and the other that, that really does it all. That's great, too, because you feel it. And, but it's the energy aspect of it um, that, that really has the effect. So you sit in there just thinking about, let's say you're thinking about calming down, you had a bad day or whatever. Well, then you're programming it. You're structuring that water. And there's no separation between that energetically charged, in this description, bathtub of water you're sitting in, and you, you're made of 80 something percent water depending on how dehydrated you are and we just have to again realize that well of course and so no separation there then you are programmed as well um that continues from there if you really want it to um as far as you know using that as an energy space at the moment be it wearing cosmic silver shungite or again in the, the bath if that's your thing and jump in a lake either way it doesn't matter it's all programmable you, they, they, you just have to be conscious at the time meaning not awake but aware and know that your thoughts, like we talked about earlier in the show, have an effect on energy. Um, and it directly does and immediately does. Well, the reason it's, it's very interesting to hear um, that, you know, psychics uh, who are known psychics are talking about the benefits of Shungite. But the reason for that, I believe, is that our default as a human being is to have all these psychic, what we in quote psychic capabilities. They've been keeping this from us. They don't want us to have it. 
but in spite of all of their programming, we seem to still be progressing, not at a rate that makes any sense, but we're still progressing. When you add the Shungite to the mix, the elimination of the effects of EMF on your body, the increase in the organ flow, that is just from the, this is just, you know, enterology, the organ field. That is clearing up your system. The reason, the, the, it, it balances, it keeps you, keeps you stable. So you're essentially being put into the default of what God or the universe wanted us to be. And what we're not, we're not so much becoming aware of, we're becoming remembering, remembering that we have all these capabilities. So then you add the, the silver shungite to it, and that's a never, another step up, for reasons I'm not going to go into. But, you know, it's it's the, the flow of the, let's call it the metaphysic universe, you know, is um, enhanced because of the silver shungite. Well, we can't forget what happened in February of 2020 when that strange blue, it wasn't a comet, it wasn't a meteorite, it was a plasma ball when this thing flew across the Russian skies and smacked dab into, well, it exploded over the Shungite field. It didn't, you know, make a crater or anything. It just blew up all over the Shungite field. And at that moment, what had what we saw happen, because there just happened to be a camera that photographed this whole thing, and we know it happened because we know people that were there when it hit or, you know, the explosion happened. So we know it's a real situation. But right after that, people started having weird thing, weird effects with the Shungite in reporting that there was some blue glow to it. And it took us, we had a number of programs on this. You go back to Cosmic Reality, the Shungite show, we talked about you know, daily as we were learning more and more about it. But then, all of a sudden, I went like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The American, Native American Hopi, supposedly, and this is not a verifiable, uh, let's say, story, but it kind of makes a lot of sense that they, it was given to this guy, this guy picked up a hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker gave him this. And supposedly he was a, a Hopi chieftain. And again, this weird kind of synchronicities and stuff, this this is the way that cosmic universe works. So he gives them this piece of paper that's on it. It's got these prophecies that some Hopi elders were given from, you know, wherever, um, about 100 years before this. And so you could see that one by one, these weird statements that were on this paper had actually come true. And the last one was one that said that there would be a, a blue light from the heavens and it would mark the end of the old age and the begin world, they used the word world, the end of the old world and the beginning of a new world. Now that was in February, February 22nd or 21st of, of 2020. And within 10 days, the world was locked down with COVID. And I can tell you from my own experience, I would say that, huh, you know, it's never going to be what it was before. It's something else. 
and so we can't and and that would that that marked a change and upgrade in the shungite itself think of the chances that whatever this thing blows up right over the shungite field yeah so we're not in this this thing alone that we're getting celestial energy changes shifts you know where did it come from well i don't know but we're definitely having an increase in our ability to uh manifest to make changes because why well because every in quantum entanglement every piece of shungite nugget that is out there is now in a powerful grid that we live in so even if you don't have shungite you can still t- tap into that energy but when you have the shungite it's a continual memory you know remember we're shungite we're in a different place and we need everything that we can to make us remember who we are and what we have to do to make the changes that we all want to see because it's up to us it's not up to anybody else it's up to us so little little philosophy there (laughs) I'm off the pulpit. Anybody want to take it? <laughs> hey, um, <clears throat> Nancy, the other layers, um, I know we only got like, what, seven minutes of the break, but the other added layers in, in I think it's a good refresher, uh, especially, you know, uh, Halloween and All Souls Day and all that. Um, so you got the, the, <clears throat> the blue light in the Shungite morphic field, and then there's also the Spear of Destiny, and then you got the Violet Flame, and then the Nectar. So I don't know if you think that's people just go back to the archives and listen, but um, I think it's a good thing if, <clears throat> say, people wanted to um, contact that part of of Shungite and apply it somewhere. Um, that could be a thing too, since we're all fields anyway, frequencies, right? Yeah, what he's referencing is well. Let's just talk about the spirit of destiny. The Spear of Destiny is a story that says that anybody that ha- that owns the Spear of Destiny can conquer the world. And it comes from, it, the, when you research it back, it seems like the story about the Spear uh, occurred at the time of the crucifixion of Jesus. And the Roman centurion uh, that had the, had the ceremonial Spear of the Jews... And I've never been able to find out where that came from. But he had this supposedly the the Jewish ceremonial uh, spear. And he used it to uh, pierce the side of Christ. This is one story. Remember, there's a lot of stories. And pierce the side of Christ, the Christ. And at that moment, uh, everything sort of shifted. There was a, a change in in what was timeline with a timeline change let's put it that way and the spear somehow or another ends up in france in the hands of charlemagne who goes on to conquer the world and it there's a long story the nazis were trying to get a hold of it you know i mean you've seen it in in some movies they talk about it but what happened was that um i was minding my own business and Gene Rockefeller, who was uh, uh, really connected to, well, a lot of things. And she says, I have no idea what this means, but, and she tells me that I need to find the Spear of Destiny. 
and go out into the Merkaba, which is this kind of a sacred space, and do something. And I'm going like, I don't have a spirit destiny. She said, yes, you do. And it's in three parts. That's what she said. She said, that's all I know. So I sit here and I look around the place and I'm going like, what in the hell? Did she just, what am I supposed to be doing? And all of a sudden I start seeing these three crystals that I know I own. So I find the first two very easily. But the third one, I, it was, I couldn't find it. And I finally, and I knew that um, she, she has a magical horse named Jack. And I have a, uh, like a, a, a staff type of thing that uh, is made from his horse hair and, and other things. It's very magical. And I knew that whatever this, these three crystals, they needed to be on this particular device, energy device. And so I'm sitting there, I got the things together, and I'm going like, well, I don't know where this third one is. And then all of a sudden I look, and I've got a, a huge globe, very thick globe you'd use in a laboratory. And then it's all amethyst. It's all amethyst. And here sitting inside of this thing is the crystal I'm looking for. So to make a long story short, I get it all together. I go out at the given time. I'm outside. And um, it was rather spooky, to be honest. Sometimes it gets spooky out there. Um, but there was a tremendous amount of energy, tremendous amount of things happening. And it, I'm, I'm just going to say the end of it. So at the end of this Sarah, and I'm the only one there. Jean is with me because she's doing the same thing up in Pennsylvania where she's at. And Jack and the other watchers were around. But what happened was that it, essentially it was sitting inside uh, this sacred space over a grid of unbelievable energy. And it was on top of a, uh, a pipe, a three-inch pipe that was in the ground. And it was sitting there. No problem. I'd been there for 20 minutes or so. And all of a sudden, I didn't actually hear it. I sort of saw it. There was like an explosion. And this entire structure, the crystals were going one way. I mean, they were flying all over the place and everything fell to the ground. And like I freaked out, you know, and I'm like trying to get it all back together again. And I all of a sudden got this you know, relax, relax, this was meant to be. And supposedly, the energy of the Spear of Destiny, and long story of how it got together, but this, in my house, but the Spear of Destiny energy was given back to Gaia. So, flash forward, I don't know, six years probably, and I'm, I'm doing a radio show, I'm kind of like waiting to, to start the, the show up and I've got some, you know, paper, tissue paper and envelopes hanging around the desk. So I started to clean up and then I get this one tissue thing in my hand and I went, wait a minute. And I open it up and it's a piece of shungite. Shung, was it shungite? Yeah. It was a piece of shungite that I virtually had never seen before and I realized that this had been in the package that Jean had sent me some weeks before and so I pick it up and all of a sudden the dang thing I could see it just floating in front of me and rotating and you know I went like what what's this about and I got Spear of Destiny and now I get the I'm going like 
<laughs> the tape that we had of the radio show was funny because I was really kind of spaced out totally in the start in that show. But what happened was that Gaia gave us back Shungite holding the Spear of Destiny energy. And then it was released into the Shungite grid so that it's an added energy field that we don't very often talk about it because it's really woo-woo. But that's another part of, let's say, the history of the Shungite and how it's gotten more and more. I don't know if you've ever heard that story, Derek. No, I didn't. That's the first I've heard about it. Anyway, it's an interesting story, and I think that's what you're referencing, correct, uh, Mark? Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, so we're at the top of the hour. Let's just take a break, and uh, it's just Jalis is going to join us in the second hour, correct? Yep. Should we come and go in the next in the second hour? Okay.
And welcome back to Shungite Reality. It's October 31st, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. Um, uh, I want to say Walt. Walt's not here today. But, um, Derek Condon's here and Mark Joseph and Jalissa's going to be showing up shortly. Yep, we're here. You can say hi. Oh, hello. Happy Halloween. Oh, that was short. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Julissa. Nice to see you. Or hear you. Yeah, good to hear you. Good to be here. Awesome. So, um, Mark, was there anything else that you wanted to say? Because we want to let you talk. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to get into the, the violet flame uh, part of, of Shungite and how that happened in the nectar. Okay, let's hold on to that because okay. um, yeah. th there's a couple of things that I wanted to uh, let Derek and Jalissa talk about. Yeah. Because, um, well, they've got something to talk about. Right, Derek? The potted uh, plants? The, the plant pots? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, um... So this building is over 100 years old, as you've uh, probably talked about on past shows. Uh, and it's a really great location, a lot of energy. But we didn't realize, like, um, I guess the energy center that it has been in the past. So, um, you know, sometimes we hear things like moving around. Like, we're still getting used to a lot of the sounds. Uh, it's an old building. Um, you know, a lot of, what is it, cedar and maple wood. Mm -hmm that's all throughout it it's very it's gorgeous gorgeous building but lots of old sounds and we also have some equipment machines that you know make some knocking noises but there's you know sometimes like there's no explanation for stuff um, the sounds that we might hear or like i think one day there was like a sign that was moved or knocked over and it was like one of our heavy metal um bigfoot signs but the other day um we noticed like some so this used to be a grocery store and there's like these cone-shaped plastic uh, planter things that were like, oh, what were those for? And I'm like, I think they're to hold flowers. Um, so they must have sold flowers. And But they're all stacked up downstairs, like in um, probably what it used, like a wood thing that held. The I don't know what that, oh, probably. Yeah, so yeah. these things are like two foot long. Yeah, so uh, they're sitting in there, and then one day, did you hear something? Because this was Derek that. Oh, that one was, no, so the the one, so one day I was downstairs, and this is in the basement, so this is a three-story building, basement's not open, nobody's in the building anyway, because it's all locked up, and we're not open for business yet. So I was downstairs doing something on the, um, we have a, uh, just a, a network tower downstairs, a bunch of servers and stuff like that. So I was down there messing around with the internet, hooking up the audio or something. Um, again, in the basement, multiple rooms down there. We may have to get pictures at some point and share some of this, but a lot of rooms, uh, many thousand square feet in just the basement. So as I'm winding through everything, I get to that room, um, do what I need to do, and I, I start to walk out of it. And I know, so... I keep mentioning the basement because so there's a lot of old stuff stored down there, be it furniture or boxes of this, that, and the other signs from when this was a, a different market. Um, so a bunch of black and white signs, lots of stuff. So I come out of that room, pause for whatever reason, and I look to my left, 
and I noticed these um, the flower like plastic vases that Jalissa was describing. Again, they're the ones you'd see at a grocery store where you cram a bunch of bouquets of flowers in and fill it maybe you know halfway up with water. So it's those things, um, and they're not heavy, but they're not light. There's it's not like anything's going to blow them over, especially in a building below ground. Um, so what I did was notice those. I thought. And I hadn't ever touched them before. It's just one of those hundreds of things down there. I just haven't paid attention to. But I did pause, saw them. And at, and at this point, I still didn't know what they were because I hadn't touched them. I just looked over. There was five or six of them stacked and crammed in these little cubby holes. Like she would mentioned again, a, a, just a custom piece of furniture, like a little shelf that would hold them upright. So they're not laying down in them. They didn't roll out. You need to literally grab these things and pull them and they're kind of wedged in there pull them out to even look at them so again i paused looked i'm like okay i don't know why i'm looking at these keep moving didn't even touch them didn't give them any more thought then the very next morning i walked down there because all the lights are located down there and again computers and just stuff i need to deal with um and nobody's in the building there's the security cameras 10 of them as a matter of fact throughout this whole place um that you know and we would know about if somebody came in and i walked downstairs and all of a sudden, those, again, I think five or six of them are pulled out of this, uh, we'll just call it a, a holder, and laid on the ground right in front of the door where I have to enter. So that's just one. And so nothing more, you know, spooky than that to tell you other than, yeah, it would have been an impossible thing for these. Just they can't fall. You literally have to lift them up and out of something to get them out. But what caught my attention, I think I mentioned it to Nancy, was. You know, I've seen all kinds of creepy stuff, and we got more stories we'll tell you about people walking in here when there's not people, and we're in the basement, you can hear them above us, and not just some weird knock from the water pipes doing this, that, and the other. I mean, it's literally something many, many, you know, very heavy, I'll just put it that way. Um, had to have done it, or it was literally a stomp on the floor is what it was, an etheric foot stomp on the floor that we all heard. Um, I'm shooting too fast here. But those planter pots, again, no, I didn't say anything out loud. I was down there alone the couple days, the day before this happened. It was a, several days ago. Nobody was, I didn't talk about it, didn't mention it because, you know, why would I mention I looked at some black um, flower pots stuck in this side of the other? It was a thought in my head. That was it. So then I, um, you know, extrapolated out from that was okay. Well, clearly someone or something was able to tune in and. You know, most people don't take it that far, but they did, in, meaning in analyzing this, that what I was thinking at the time. And or, and I, this is the other thing where I don't really know right now, did I psychically or intuitively pick up on what was going to happen the next day? And, it's, you know, I hyperanalyze everything. But when you get to the end of it, that happened. The thoughts in my head manifested sometime between me leaving that area and the next morning when I went back down there. And these are, you know, a couple pounds each. We're not talking about, you know workout weights or anything but they're not made of paper they're dense plastic um and there were multiple of them so that was one of the things that happened and it was right next to and nancy angelus can get into this part better in a moment the other room we'll call it to where jalissa and i walked down there yesterday and we looked at it and it looks like where the old furnace would have been so in this i don't know maybe a best 10 by 10 room there's a wooden floor that the fire inspector had pointed out saying, hey, this is a little curious, what's under there? So it's a, a cement floor in the whole basement, except this, again, maybe 10 by 10 room, where it's just huge cedar planks, and you can't just grab them. They're gonna have to be, 
and well, I'll be doing that too. I'll well, be, go ahead. They called it a void. So it was interesting oh, when they were doing right. an inspection. Uh, they like, oh, can you tell us about the, uh, what's in the void uh, down in the basement? There's, and they described it, and we're just like looked at each other, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I forgot about that. Yeah, because yeah, we hadn't, you know, we walked around the building, but I was like, they've been in here before multiple times throughout the years. All you know, the fire department. Um, doing the the um various inspections. inspections and stuff so they asked us and we're just like well we just got the lease shouldn't you know what the, the void is over there i don't know so we looked at it it's like oh okay. interesting that they'd even um mention it to us or ask us what it was when they know that we just came in to the yeah place, it's know? not marked as anything it's not on their paperwork from last you know over 100 years now um and then again this is a part we'll get into in a little bit but the masons evidently um had it had it built for their lodge and we're going to that but in this area the void as it's now called and they early officially called that um there's that wooden floor that i had been intuitively picking up on stuff to and oh actually we're getting to that bag we saw yesterday do you remember oh, yes you can you want to tell them i don't remember what it said but uh so we've already we had we were taken down in there by the fire department during the inspection we're just like oh well, i don't know uh shouldn't you know and it's like well yeah. um i guess we'll find out or you know the I don't know. It didn't really go too far from there, but mm. was it a couple days ago we went back downstairs and there was yesterday, wasn't it? I don't was know. That, I think it was a couple days Who knows? ago. Yeah, uh, there was what looked like a maybe a pink apron or a pink bag or something. We never. I think you should grab it for me. Go grab it. Hopefully, it's still down there because it says something on about following your heart or something or other. Yeah, like that. and it's something like a sister really love or. Is I don't know. Yeah, I'll go grab it. You want to bother? So, yeah, I'll grab it. But we, it wasn't there before, like when we were pulled into the uh, to do the inspection. So. And I'll keep telling yeah. them about it then too. So she's gonna go try and because we moved fast and it was. It, oh, the other part was again this bag she's gonna get that has some writing on it of some kind. Um, that wasn't there before when we went to the fire department. Nobody else is in the building. Nobody should be in the void room. And between all of this, I was at home, got alerted, we'll just say, and I'm like, what the heck is drawing my attention down there? So kind of think like being thumped on the head when you're just at home watching TV for the moments we have in between work. And all of a sudden, turn on the remote perception. I'm looking in that room like, okay, here go my ears now, tingling. Um, like, all right, what's, what do I need to see? What's my attention? And to get to the end of it, it shows me a certain plank, the third one from the right. Not that that means much in this description. I'm like, okay. Well, and I move on very quickly as I tend to do. I'm like, mark that etherically. I'll come back, and I guess that's the one I'm going to be prying up. So then the next day, Jalissa and I go down there, and that all happens. The bag is laying on that plank, the one plank that had no bag on it. And it looks like a little kid's school bag or something, to be honest. Um, some of this I don't want to get too much into. We'll get, again, she's running two more floors downstairs right now to grab the bag. Hopefully it's still there. Um, but we had, so lots of alerts and things keep pulling me in that room. Um, and some of this might be for after maybe Nancy, if you have tidbits or Jalissa about the Masons and other stuff, but I'll tell you, there's multiple entities or people here now, theoretically that are getting my attention every time I turn around so hard, like almost smacking me in the head to get over there, get in there. There is now, in fact, I'm going to grab something right now. Um, what you hear, I just threw a bag of about 200 Shungite nuggets on my desk because that was also alerted to me yesterday um, to grab that and go down there. So after this podcast, I'll be Shungite grid in the bottom of the building 
um, in that area and space. So she grabbed it. That's what is yeah, it? Yeah, I took a picture of it too. So I'll share it in okay. chat. We'll get it in chat in a moment. But yes, Derek's right. It was a bag. Um, and it was, did you say it was weighted down? Oh. So it was weighted down with some metal bracket from the basement. Yeah. We got it here in front of us. So what it looks like, is that a, it is a bag. It is a bag. Okay. So, and what it says, there's a, it's like a grocery bag. So think a cloth grocery bag that you'd buy nowadays, which is also unusual, um, to put your groceries in or something. It's got some flour. Again, Jalissa will email it to me, maybe, and I'll get it in chat. Mm -hmm. And there's a little pocket inside of it that maybe you put your receipt or keys. And on that pocket, it says, sisters are never apart, maybe in distance, but never in heart. So that's the statement. And again, we'll get this image up in there. It's covered with flour. There's nothing in the back, right? No. I never even opened it. Um, which was, yeah, which is, you know, in itself something. Um, you know, this just happened. We just did this or so ago. I don't even remember. I really think it was yesterday, but I just emailed it. Too. Okay, I'll check my email and get this up in there. Um, and then us, you can tell them while I'm going through email real quick to share this, tell them about us eating lunch with our chef down there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just yesterday we were downstairs uh, chatting with our chef Jake and just, you know, getting to know each other, preparing for when we're when we open. And suddenly you just heard like a like something fell like a loud bang above us and it was just you know we all just kind of look at each other and so jake's he's worked here previously um at a few different uh a few of the different businesses that have been at this location so i think he was here during the woolly market and then again when it was the big rock woolly market so yeah and he's uh, familiar with things that would happen here and so we're just all of us, it didn't surprise any of us. We we're just like, hmm, well, that was interesting. I wonder what it could have been. Yeah, we never did find out like exactly what it could have been, but it almost sounded like something fell or dropped, but there wasn't really anything that was like- It felt like a foot stomping to me is what it felt like, at least, or heard, sounded like. Yeah. Um, I'm sharing that in chat now too, but I'm trying to get you off. But in the chat, for those that are listening to this later, um, I don't know, maybe Nancy will get shared somewhere, but it's in the chat room image and that's the floor by the way the plane this whole thing except for that spot is concrete and that's the only the void that's a shot from the actual void room she just took it um on the was that just laid on the floor when you grabbed took the shot yeah. okay that's how it was like that's i didn't it. touch it until i um after i took the picture who's i with i was just somebody else when i was in there walking around when i saw it, when we was that it was we were down there together and we're like what was that and we're it wasn't there when the, we came, we went down there with the fire department. That's right. And we don't go in that room. Like there's, it's like a, this room and there's no light in there either. Yeah, there's so. not even a light. And those, you can look in the image for those again, get that benefit of seeing it. I know, there's junk all over the floor and stuff everywhere. You tell if it was walked in. It's just, it's just not an occupied, you don't want to want to anyway. So if you were to call something scary, yep, that room haunted scary all oh, those yeah. words <laughs> yeah when i went in there to go grab well first i took the picture and then i reread what it had said and i just like got the chills all over like not in a bad way but i'm like that was obviously put there and the little metal bracket thing that's holding it down you can see it in the picture as well so just interesting and it didn't yeah. fall this little uh, in the bracket she's talking about it's a kind of on the top center of the picture but laying on the bag it's um i don't know it's like a who knows? Just a little, you heard it just now. So that was sat on it to wait it right there. And that is the third plank from the right. You just can't see the, the other plank is off in the shot that we were talking about. And then I 
again, was alerted and several females. Um, so unsavory things happening here, possibly. Um, not really fun for this podcast. But that's some of this. Anything else that's lots of, well, oh, gosh, you know, all kinds of things I don't bother telling even to listen about because I'm on to the next thing. Because um, woo-woo is like nonstop with me, meaning I pick up on it all the time or see it. So as far as someone moving, I don't know if we stop to see who it is because I'm not concerned about it. Stuff's being moved a lot or the, the banging on the, the walls or the floor. In fact, I was here with a distributor, I don't know, who knows, a week ago. Um, somewhere in that time frame, and we were da- oh the soda guy. So we were downstairs in the basement again. I know it's above me because you know you can see the wire going up and the the beam, so you know what is above you when you're standing below. You know, well, okay, the kitchen's above me, or this is above me, or that and the other. Um, so stuff happens up there, be it walking around, and there's no mistaking it's somebody walking, or just a loud like somebody slammed a bat onto something. You know, it's hard to give you a visual. When we're down there, we both look up, and I'm like, did you have a partnership? And the doors were all locked, so we come in lock the doors. So nobody's in there. So all this, again, the, the ghostly stuff, I'm making fun of it, um, happens nonstop around here. And, and locals know, too. I've had several locals who I'm outside, who knows, putting maybe a, a sign on the window or something or pressure washing the building, and somebody inevitably comes up and chats with me, and they'll ask me, have you heard anything? Or I got this story from so-and-so or – or I'm at a local grocery store, and the cashier was telling me, I worked there when it was J.C. Penney's, and this and this happened. And so there's lots of that going on. Um, I don't know if you have any – I don't know if I'm missing anything. Do you, do you feel comfortable talking about the Masons? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Jill says more on that first. Well, I, we've been curious about, like, what was the first uh, – like when it was built, who was first in here, who first built it. And I couldn't find that information. I've been looking, I've just been hearing stories about it being, you know, a furniture store and JCPenney and then even it turned into the grocery store and then so on. But it's like, well, what was it before JCPenney? I'm like, I don't think JCPenney would have built it in Cedar Woolley. So I'm like, okay, well, who built it? Why? Before JCPenney came in. And so I came across an article that I had uh, text Nancy, and it wasn't an article. It was um, uh, like a real estate company that had put together some information that their, you know, the building was for sale. So I, and it didn't have a year on it uh, that I noticed because I just read it really quickly. And, but it had some cool pictures of the building, and so it was like a, I think it was called Bugs uh, Furniture Store. And then it was uh, J.C. Penney, but there's just this little tiny uh, sentence. It was first built in 1921 by the Masons, and then it was quickly sold because of a fire. Oh, yeah, there's something like that. So I didn't really have any information about it. And then I went and searched more, like, can we find, like, was this, you know, their, um, what is that called? Their lodge. lodge. Was this their lodge? So couldn't find that information. Um, but then I did go through the county records, and it was owned by the Masons at one time and sold. So I think I read the first rent was twenty five dollars. Yeah, like, <laughs> I want that. Yeah, so that yeah. local market for sale. Oh yeah, Nancy just shared some uh, just a link in chat where it shows you some pretty good images. So that is the building we have. Um, there's a cool old one as well. Even and we saw that stage. I'm going through these images. Um, but you'll see in the opening, I must have stopped there for a reason, where you'll see a band, and it's a four-man band up there, four-person band, 
above the doorway on a elevated stage and we do have a larger stage um but those are some great shots i don't know that i saw that nasty what you just shared and then uh Jalissa was just sharing with me originally oh <laughs> was original masons in 1921 serves a lodge after fire and then we were just chatting about it, and i just randomly scrolled down this document um well, I found another document, and it was, I sent it to you guys, it was really kind of like, bleh. It went on, for, on and on and on about the Masonic uh, group that was um, started it out. But they, there's so much about that Masonic group that's very, very interesting. Because apparently, let me just pull this thing up. Is this it? Uh, yeah. Um, apparently... When they first wanted to have a lodge in, in Woolley, at the time it was just called Woolley, and then a name change occurred, I guess. Uh, Cedro Woolley now. But what they were talking about when they started it up was that I think that they wanted a name change or something. And it was one from, where is, United Lodge. They wanted to be called the United Lodge. And that wasn't exactly the way that they did it in that time frame. But the reason that they wanted to call it that was because of their, I'm, t I'm looking, trying to figure out where it said it, but I'm going to just paraphrase it here. Um, where, where people come together, that it was, it was like a, a coming together for a, a, a similar purpose. And that was, you know, pretty interesting. But then I went down to, this thing starts, I don't know, in the 1800s and goes all the way to, I don't know, I never got to the end of it because finally I said, oh, it's by year, so let me go to 91. And what it said was that they bought the property next to the Thompson building or something like that. And they said property. They didn't say building. So property, indicating that it probably was a vacant lot. Okay, and the cost, <laughs> the cost of the loan. Well, the loan to be able to not just buy it but build something on it. And this was 1921. Was ten thousand dollars. So they had to put a thousand dollars down, and then for the next seven years, I think, pay off the the rest of it. At seven percent, seven percent would be very, very high, I would think, at that time. But anyway, and so, yes, obviously they were the ones that built it. But I didn't know all of this at the until I was reading that article that she was. Uh, that's the link is in the chat. So, I, I after I hung up with um, Derek because. Derek's ready to open. It's just a matter of the health department coming and doing a final inspection that is keeping everything from happening. And this just didn't seem right to me. I'm like, what is this about? You know, so I got a little meditative and I'm focusing on the building and I start to talk to the building. And because the building knows more about what's happening than I do. So I start talking to the building, just opening myself up to any information that's coming from the building. And I get the word sanct sanctified. And I'm going, what does that mean? And then, but as I, as I got the word sanctified, I also saw a Masonic temple. It's, it's kind of like my standard 
picture of a Masonic temple came up and then the word. So I looked that, that word up and oh, actually I think it's here in the phone. Yes, okay. So I looked it up and um, well, I wrote Derek this after this experience. In asking about the building and what could be delaying it, I got the word sanctified. The following is the definition. It happened when the Masonic temple was there. In its most basic sense, to sanctify something is to set it apart for God's special use and purpose. So right then and there, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I, I, I said to him, uh, it may be that this is an exercise in understanding that, that concept that it's a sanctified space and nothing more needs to be done. And but I felt compelled to send it to you. So um, yeah, I, I this 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 location is more special than we probably really understand. And the fire thing that you mentioned that caused them to leave, it was to my understanding, based on what I was reading it in, in, in and around it, is that there was a fire that took down part of the economic uh, uh, establishment, some some building that was, up high, you know, giving people jobs and stuff. There was some kind of a fire like that. And they their membership couldn't afford to keep it up. So that's when they had to rent it out. And they basically uh, rented it out. Um, it's it's something about yeah for seven dollars a month no that was that was another one no that was another one but it was very inexpensive that but but it was enough I mean we're talking about uh, money that was worth something at the time so um, did you look at that concept that it sanctified and you know maybe they wanted to get your attention to that that you know this is is a very special place. Did you what? What did you make of what I came up with? Oh yeah, I just use different words, of course. But yeah, there's there's a reason that took a moment here a few minutes ago to yank a bag of Shanghai Nuggets out to go down there. Like I said, after this podcast, that'll happen. Um, to move out energies, I'm sitting here looking through some of these pictures while you're talking too, and getting alerted all kinds of things. Um, but yeah, just to clear it out because um, it's a. I'll say there's a lot of past energy and it's a tough thing to say that's holding on here i was going to say you know hanging out but it's holding on um so i'm gonna go down there and do you know etheric energy clearings and stuff like that especially in that area and at some point get under the floor in the void space and oh what i didn't finish earlier was we looked at the outside of the building Jalissa and i saw it and so basically and you can see where there was an old chimney and we don't have a fireplace in here um, but in that room, that void area, it goes all the way down to that, um, meaning that's where, again, that boiler was. And then you can see where there's, they probably uh, bricked up over the entrance to the actual chimney. And then there's just an exhaust pipe there. And there's also an old coal chute to where they would come in and dump the coal up on the street level and it goes downstairs on the outside. And so I found that hatch, which is still there. Um, and you can see kind of stuff like, you know, the rock or whatever's inside of it that's been breaking over the years. So I'll 
wedge that sucker open too and see what's going on in there. Um, and that's in the, I don't know, 20 feet from that. So it's all connected. It's really hard to describe because they patchworked the building together downstairs and added false walls. So really that those two rooms, the computer room and the void room are just one space. Um, but there are, again, you know, false walls put up in there. So that that's where that boiler is and a lot of movement down there, the hole. So it's interesting. It's like, I don't know, like, how long or it was their lodge or the space was used for them or if at all uh, because they were definitely in a few other uh, building spaces along the same road. She's talking about the mason still. So uh, where I think they might have it like still posted on the building itself. So yeah. why it wasn't um, put on the space. There's no pictures that we've come across. None that I've seen, no. Yeah. So. No, no. I actually, the lodge itself, trying to find pictures and stuff. And I, I'm with you. I'm not sure if they ever, they did open it, They, I, I think. You know, but. Um, we need to get on the uh, local newspaper's microfiche archive somehow or put a request in for anything in that time frame regarding it and, and or go there. I don't know if they do that anymore, but they used to have uh, libraries. I'd go through the microfiche and just look at the old stuff. You can find the original newspapers. Well, it's it's very special space. And I wouldn't try to uh, thoroughly clean because some of the energies that were put there were put there from, like I say, this was a group of people that, yes, they were masons, but they wanted to be the united, you know, lodge, where it was just a different kind of take on it. So they were probably special to begin with. When I energy clean, you know, I don't go in there and just, you know, smudge everywhere and force everything out and impress my will on it. That's not how I do it. Um, so I got to remember that when I talk about doing things, clearings or energetically affecting, that's not the way I work. Um, it's more of a to think turning on a fan in a room just moves so uh, an air fan um and just moving stuff so what's meant to be there is there and what's not not so if something or someone is having an issue transitioning or moving on or they need certain what i've seen is i'll just say frequencies in the environment so they can get a handhold um that's what i do and provide i don't walk in there and say oh past energy is out this is my space you know and i've seen all that kind of stuff on tv and i'm like well if you can only see what's going on metaphysically people when you're doing that you're usually pissing off a bunch of people on things so i don't do that but I, I gotta remember again when i get in these things i don't describe that all the time um so it's no just love blanket if they want it they got it if they don't they don't again it's not like it's a, a buffet and i'm forcing something on their plate so i do things a little differently i don't know if, mark did you have any questions on any of the stuff we're chatting about i'm gonna give you a chance to chime in Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, so uh, I thought that was interesting where you were going to be doing a Shungite grid, mini grid uh, at the basement. So if somebody wanted to, to replicate that, uh, maybe you can share um, an idea of what you're doing and how people can do the same in their, in their home. Oh, sure. I'm going to, and that's, and so and often, and not that you were, but when we say gridding, sometimes at least I think in my head, is there a set pattern you got to do? Do you have to put it at the north that I'm talking about? Let's say if you have a nugget and you're gridding that way. And in my case, we're talking about nuggets. No, there's no set anything you have to do 
it's use your instincts, your intuition, um, just walk down there. If you feel that just something's, uh, there's a glitch in the matrix or something feels a little bit off down there, put some Shungite nuggets. And if you're, if you're meant to put one, do one, two, that's why I'm being so loose here. Lots of ways to make bread. Don't let anybody tell you you have to do it this way. I know I keep reiterating that, but it's a thing. So I'm going to go down there and I have no set pattern in my head right now. I'm going to walk over that area and then I'm going to chill out and relax in my head and energetically and perceive. And if all of a sudden I get a quick image or an entity sitting up chatting with me or like an image meaning in my head or something, I'm going to go, I'm going to go where the energy flows and then do, and if I'm intuitively all of a sudden I imagine myself grabbing a fistful of nuggets and not just one, well, I guess we know what that means. I better put that fistful of nuggets down there. So do what you're led to do. Um, but generally, I'm going to walk down there in my head, at least. Uh, I'm going to walk down to the corners of the building, get a, a nugget or two in that. If I, again, I'll walk by and I'll feel a heavy space around me. I'll go, well, that needs, a, again, let's just use the analogy a fan because maybe things have stagnated there. Didn't say it was negative, evil, good, bad, and whatever. It's energy. There's no such thing as bad energy. Um, it's all a perception thing. And that's another podcast. So I'll go down there and just, you know, pepper it with fans or Shungite nuggets, wherever I'm led to do. And in this case, a lot more in that area. So let's say you're at home, because that's kind of what you're asking if you're in a, a individuals doing this or at work or at a park, wherever you're led. If you're, let's say a park, you're at that park, you take your kids and all of a sudden you just don't go to that certain area. Well, that's where the Shungite nuggets need to be because um, it's an energy thing. So just spread some there. So that applies in the buildings, in this case, the basement. The void needs a lot um, and down around it. So again, not a set pattern, but go where you're led. All right, thank you. I think that's all the questions I had for, for that. Um, any plans for All Souls Day or even today, Halloween? Um, things to do, things like that. Yeah, so here at Bigfoot's Den, there is, uh, I think they, they closed down the street. We're on Metcalf Street here, and there's a little uh, parade uh, with the kids walking down the main street here, and then they go around trick-or-treating to all the different merchants. And so we'll be dressed up in costume and handing out candy. And yeah, we'll definitely have to remember to put some of the shungite like at the bottom of the candy basket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or the market might sound or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I've got stickers and stuff in that, but we'll just put nuggets down there. And we, we do a lot of gifting too. So, yeah, we're going to see, as I was told yesterday, um, hundreds of kids. So, I'm emphasizing that. Maybe we're going to go get more candy um, coming down. And this will be their first, you know, most of them meeting us, knowing we're here. And we're not opening up the building on the inside yet because there's, you know, can't really sell them anything. But we're all going to be outside in the Bigfoot costume and just got an outfit and, so it's all costumes up and um, turn on all the lights so people can see it. Our first intro to the community, really. And we were hoping to be open by now, but as Nancy mentioned, just waiting on the hurdles of the health department. We'll see how that all pans out. But that's what we're doing tonight for an hour or two at best. Giving out candy. Just back to the Masons for a second. If you go down that um, PDF that I sent you, uh, Jalissa, and go to March 13th, 1923, and the paragraph above it, it seems like they never built the building until 23. Mm -hmm. 
but that's you know all of a sudden I'm seeing so anyway another thing to look at I'm sorry to interrupt but I wanted to no <laughs> I, I, yeah I appreciate that because I actually came across that article or you know um, not an article but that information uh, from the lodge lo this local charter or whatever they call themselves right, right. Uh, yeah it, it was just a very long boring read so I was like the dates don't match up like with where because I was just trying to pinpoint the dates first to see like if this was that but i'm like well whatever the mix-up is um it was definitely owned by them because it is in the um the county uh, when the, the deed for sale so okay. yeah but apparently it might have happened in 23 although they seem to have bought property there in 21 so it's it's kind of confusing but the Masons. this is just con confirming that the masons did own that building and probably were the ones that built built it um wait wouldn't this have a cornerstone then well i thought about that too there's because if it was a masonic temple they they do do certain things like the capital was a uh masonic building uh the white house i'm sorry uh no it was capital and they had a uh yeah one of those cornerstone things that they've never been able to locate i'll go look i'll find if there's one on this one i'll figure it out and go find get some photos or something figure that out look around I'll, I'll while you're waiting on the health department <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah i know so i'll figure it out um i'm gonna crawl around every nook and cranny of this place so we'll see what's here. Yeah. We got 20 minutes left. I don't know where you guys wanted to go. Um, <clears throat> Derek, you have the uh, once a month healing thing um, available for the public tomorrow and also Friday. I'm wondering if uh, I can, you can detail that. Yeah, we have them on the, the first of the month. So I'll do, because of Fridays, that's the, the scalar free energy sessions and all this can be signed up from the mysticalwares.com website there's a link from there um i think it's called sessions and you'll see it where we do that and you don't have that's a i won't draw that out too much but you put your name on a list and I'll, I'll print that list out and put it between the the scalar units and that's a a different frequency range every week from focusing on your digestion and gut health to um anti-inflammation or memory all sorts of things i should probably do the memory one i'll put my name on it twice um, when I do that one, but on the first of the month, I do my free private or free public, I guess we'll call it sessions as well. So you can, similar thing, you can sign up and put your name on the list where I'll do a remote session on the group as a whole at one time and, and do just that. So just think assist with a buckyball container of love. And then each person can use their own intentions and thoughts to kind of direct it thing it's not too dissimilar from how i do private sessions and it's not any weaker um having it done as a group or anything like that so it's it, i like to use the description of if you walk into a club and the music's playing and the capacity's 100 people and 101 walk in did the volume just go down no it's all still there um it doesn't take away from the whole so it's because um, some people think, well, I don't want to be in the list. I need private. And yeah, I'm kind of talking to some people out of private things, sessions. But again, take advantage of what you can for the free stuff, energy-wise, um, and just see how legit energy work is. So that's one of the reasons we, we continually do the free scalar sessions, which are weekly, as Mark mentioned, every Friday. You got to sign up every week. 
to recommit energetically to it. You're not joining any clubs or anything like that. It's just you kind of doing an etheric agreement by signing up that you're open to whatever's best for you. Uh, and then again, not not too dissimilar on my sessions too. It's John, I use love energy. I'm not. It's not like a buffet where I'm deciding you're going to have this, that, and the other. Nope. It sounds corny, I know, but you know, love is the strongest energy. So that's the you can term it frequency. Um, that's that's projected. And even that word doesn't work, but is used on the free sessions that I do as well. Um, so all, all sorts of results can happen from that. Ultimately, you're healing yourself is what's going on. Um, you're just choosing. Okay, well, if if you choose to, well, let's go corny here for a minute. Derek's playing that love song. You know, I want to benefit from it, and then you do that yourself. And there's nothing special that you have to do because then it's like on that day, okay, what Derek said, do myself. What do I do? Nothing. Chill out. Relax. If you have a physical injury or a, an emotional issue, imagine it gone. Don't focus on it. Just, again, imagine on the results you want of whatever it is. And you can do all these things yourself. Jump in that salt bath I told you about. Do the same thing. Imagine yourself healed. Um, and all of a sudden, you're going to have all kinds of energy results in a good way. So those are some of the ways of you know, benefiting from the, the free energy sessions or um, scalar sessions that we provide at Mystical Wares. And they're not going anywhere. They're going to continue to. So, um, go ahead. And then uh, <clears throat> what would you, rec you guys recommend for uh, post-Halloween recovery? Too much candy or too much uh, bad food, anything like that? And pre-Halloween. So, so meaning now, and especially for the little guys, um, drink that shungite water. Um, again, if you can you know, strategically, so for the parents out there, strategically drop that piece of shungite in their, their candy bag. So not just the bowl that we're handing candy out in. If you can drop one in there or hook something onto them, that's great. Or take care of it later if you have to. I'm talking about the stuff, they, the candy and stuff they get from the trick-or-treating. Um, and then what I would use if I had a piece of shungite rubber, I'd just set the, the candy bag on it sort of thing. Um, so shungite rubber, which is, you know, a rubber, most of you know, infused with shungite and silver powder. Um, it's malleable, so it can move, and so that's one use for those of you that already have the Shungite rubber. Um, Tell me about what other uh, suggestions as far as I wear it, because there's a reason it's, and there's lots of names for it. But well, in here in the West, it's called Halloween, of course. Um, so that all of this takes place on Halloween night, and the moon's energies are are very strong right now. A lot going on there, and so it's always just to hold the and you don't have to know all the parts and pieces that are happening what energy is doing this and at what time do i need to knock on wood this point now all you got to know is there's a lot of stuff going on your intention and choices you make in your head have the largest effect on them so hold good thoughts good intentions i know that sounds like too easy well that's how you do it and that way you don't have to worry about well, do I need to, you know, do this, that, and the other? And I'm kind of just being real vague because there's so many understandings or beliefs that you have to, let's say, clear your, your rocks and crystals in the full moon or the new moon or this, you know, countless recipes out there. When it, all of that's removed, it's intentions and, your, again, your emotions and thoughts that really can affect your environment, be it your bag of candy or your favorite crystal on your desk. I'm just sitting here looking at a crystal on my desk. Um, is how you would clear them. And there's no wrong way either. So if your thing is sage and you want to take a sage bundle and tap it on your crystal, do it. Because it's actually your emotion and intention behind it that's doing it. Yeah, we have a question here in chat. Uh, let me go to it. Uh, will the Shungite silver rubber 
attenuate the same way a magnet or a sticker does? Um, yeah, it does, because it has the same effect on energies as that. We do the Shungite magnets because of the electromagnetic connection between motors and pumps and engines and things like that. And in, in some of those cases, a way to adhere. So even that, it, maybe you just want to use a Shungite magnet for the, the benefit of the magnet in there so it, it sticks onto the thing if it's made of metal. So it doesn't even have to have be used just on motor or your cars or anything like that. So if you have a, which I think it would be, um, well, I've got some stuck downstairs, Shungite magnets on it, just the outside of a fridge. It's not about the fridge because it's already Shungite on the, in the motor area. It's just because it was convenient to hold the Shungite silver combo there by using it in Shungite magnet form um, by sticking it on. So meaning you don't have to, you know, relegate your use of the magnets to motors and engines and electrical pumps and things that we generally talk about. Sometimes it's just an, an ease of use thing. So that's one way. Um, well, the, that refrigerator, you know, um, it, yeah, it's more than it's more than just the motor beneficial to the motor. The motor begins to operate efficiently. It's the fact that this is a huge energy device. It's got electromagnetic energy coming in from the, you know, connection to the system. Then it's got the magnetic energy. And because of the way that you've got that box situation, you're actually creating a toroidal, toroidal field inside the, the refrigerator itself. And it bleeds out. So your, refrig your, your, your kitchen that used to be kind of uncomfortable, you never knew why all of a sudden becomes very comfortable well over the years walt would send me different magnets and i kept sticking them on the refrigerator and you know don't hesitate to put another magnet on that refrigerator it just makes it a little bit more <laughs> that's all i can say and it purifies your food and things will last a lot longer in the refrigerator like i have a one of those big containers of, of uh, spinach. It's been in there for, it's going on three weeks. And it's just as good as the day I put it in there. Yeah. For That's, candy too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It won't yeah, take out if there's any, like, poison in there or, like, metal stuff. But maybe the smaller versions, right? Well, it's not going to take out the metal stuff because it doesn't. That's not what we're doing. We're taking because it, we're dealing with electromagnetic, um, and metal, you know, is a doesn't necessarily have a rotation in the wrong direction. It could, but it's not something that it's it's not like leached out of the yeah. stuff. See, food affects you not just physically, but energetically. So Shungite affects the energy aspects, which is the 90% of it. Because you, you don't need food. You need the energy food helps you generate. That's, there's a whole different way when you look at it like that. So it's a... Yeah. Yeah. And it will regenerate. Like I accidentally did not use a uh, big container, like a gallon container, but it was all powder. It was veg uh, sprout powder. Um, and it was like... What, what the heck was it? It was like over a year past the expiration date. Okay? And I find it and I went, oh crap. And I said, well, let me just try it. And I stuck it in the refrigerator 
And I don't know what it would have been if it hadn't have been in a Shungite environment, but once you put something in that has the, let's say, the DNA matrix of the energy that you need, the Shungite just re revitalizes it, in my opinion. And the stuff is, I mean, I take a drink of that and I'm good to go. It doesn't seem to, it seems to be working, let me put it that way. Of course, I've already gone through it. i got to open up another one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'll make things last a lot longer because I think it is rejuvenating them. So, we've only got a couple, what, we're six minutes, seven minutes here. I can play a couple clips, but we could also talk about Radio 5G tomorrow. That's uh, pre-taped. Uh, Dean Henderson on... Um, uh, it goes into the technocracy 5G stuff and where it originated with the bloodlines and how that connects like a whole big tree branch and all the craziness with that. So that was a fun, uh, fun talk. Yes, that's going to be an interesting show because I actually screwed up, Mark, and we should have gone 10 minutes late more <laughs> in the second hour. But it worked out because I went to his Amazon uh, page and took the 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 the, def the explanation or the description of what's in in his various books, and I'm going to read that because when you hear his history, the books he's written and stuff, and I can't remember what that book is, uh, and I don't want to really look for it right now. But um, yes, he wrote a whole book about 5G, and in this this show he talks about it and it's just very it's a really well-rounded show that i think you people will find very interesting and there is a slight name change to the radio 5g it's radio 5g cosmic soup <laughs> because well first off Dolly Howard recommended that name, and Mark had been saying he wanted a name change, and so it just sort of all happened. But the reason being is that we talk about a lot of things that go beyond radio, uh, the 5G question. I mean, because everything is just, you know, one layer after another layer after another layer, and they're all working together, and you have to get a handle on everything. So we just said, well, we're going to just expand this concept of what we're talking about so that. People don't think they're just going to listen to the 5G. Um, anything else there, Mark? Yeah, when we were doing show prep uh, for the weekend, I mentioned I'd play a clip. Um, I mean, I like Substack, but they do have their limitations. And this is uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, October 27th on uh, Kate Daly Radio. That's why they'll let some things get out there. Mm -hmm. But when you start, it's like, okay, I... I never had a problem on Substack when I was talking about genetics. The minute I started talking about wavelength and electromagnetic transmission of disease, I got demonetized. Oh, Within gosh, a week, right. not, only, not only did they take me down, but I had pay, in my office, I had PayPal, Stripe, and Square all demonetize me. Wow. Process and, credit cards. And this is something they worked on. With, this is something Tesla brought to light, and then it was buried when Tesla died, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, because it talks about the very nature of our bodies, how we work, the nature of reality. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a short clip. So, I mean, Substack's great. They got all sorts of cool stuff. But, I mean, when when things go that far, it, it's that, that was like two years ago. I think it happened. So, I like how it ties into um, 
all the things we've been talking about today. Nancy? Yeah, I, speaking of Facebook, um, let me just put this in, in the chat. I don't know exactly what in the hell is, is happening with it because I was posting the shows on Saturday and this is this this took me to a link all right but before that i'm gonna put something else in here because all of a sudden it came up with uh this very strange i'm going to just show you the image there wasn't anything in in the shows that was particularly i don't even know how to explain it um let me just find this thing. It's the same one I was looking for yesterday and had such a problem with it, Mark. I don't know why I keep having a problem with this. Let me play another clip in the meantime. No. Yeah, here it is. Okay. All right. So this this thing that I just posted, the link that is on there, but this, it's additional reporting on this. And it says, before you share this content, you might want to know there is additional reporting from BoxCheck. Pages and websites that repeatedly publicly or share, publish or share false news and see their overall distribute, they will see their overall distribution reduced and be restricted as in other ways, um, sorry about that. It was I should have just put, clicked it up. Um, but the weird thing is, is that underneath it, you see all of this. It looks to me to be Russian Kirill uh, language. Did I say that right, Kirill? Yeah, Kirill. So I don't know what this is about. But then I hit the learn more button and um, found this this particular thing about you know this additional stuff that you might want to look at it but it's really long so i don't know i mean they say they're not censoring but it seems like it's getting worse and worse just a heads up um so we're getting down to the last minute or so here would you guys like to uh parting thoughts there derek no, nothing last minute to add in at all or anything. Um, is there anything coming up for November interviews, events? Gosh, I don't, not as of yet. No, I had another podcast that got kind of postponed. Um, I'll be on, but and I'll announce that when I know dates, but I don't think so. I think we're just kind of in overdrive here, still prepping to open. And then I know I start doing sessions again in November. So, heck, November's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So you people out there in radio land, you know, think of it being open. <laughs> Bigfoot Den. Um, Melissa. Jalissa. Why did I call you Melissa? Jalissa. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for letting me jump on. It was fun chatting. And have fun. Yes, and I'm supposing you're going to have a good day Halloweening it. <laughs> oh, yes. I love getting dressed up. I'm dressed up right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark. Um, somebody put something in chat real quick. Bot beads from mysticalwares.com, but the cosmicreality.com website gave this message. Uh, but thanks, everybody. Have a safe uh, holiday and take care.
Be safe, everybody. We'll see you for Cosmic Reality tonight and Radio 5G Cosmic Soup tomorrow. You have been listening to the Shanghai Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for being here. Be safe.